Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is The Peters and Todd Trust God, Part 1. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we received, we will send you a prize. Last week, our winners were Michael and Claire from Grapeland, Texas, with their answer of Rescue the Perishing from the story, The Peter's Train for Street Evangelism. Way to go! Now let's get to this week's story, The Peters and Todd Trust God, Part 1. Pearson and Penelope woke up particularly early that Friday morning as they anticipated the field trip that Mama Peters had planned. Field trips were definitely the most exciting part of homeschooling. It meant leaving the house for the day and doing something related to education. Of course, it helped that it didn't feel like education almost ever. It just felt like fun which meant that the twin toddlers, Priscilla and Patience Peters, would be going along as well. The plan was that Mama Peters would take all of them to a play in the Pinnacles, the sprawling urban area about 30 miles from their home. It was extremely exciting to go to the Pinnacles. The towering buildings in the downtown area that blocked out the sun always made Penelope feel dreamy about city life. Pearson loved the buildings too, but he preferred the smaller ethnic divisions that made the city a melting pot of culture. He particularly liked the Chinese part of the city, where Mama Peters would stop and pick up dumplings before heading home for the day, no matter what the reason was for them being in the city. Going to a play meant that they would be in the theater section of the Pinnacles, a bit further away from Chinese town, but Mama Peters had told them not to worry about that, that they would hop an open-air bus and keep alive the tradition of getting dumplings before heading back home. One of the greatly anticipated parts of the day, though, was going to be their ride on the train to get to the Pinnacles. On the few occasions that they had gone to the Pinnacles, Mama Peters had driven. But this time, she was concerned that there might be too much weakened traffic, and it would be easier just to take the high-speed train for this field trip. Penelope and Pearson had never ridden the high-speed train into the Pinnacles and were absolutely over the moon about the idea. And as if their excitement wasn't bubbling over already, Mama Peters announced at breakfast that they would be taking Todd Hicks with them to the play. Yes! Pearson pumped his fist in jubilation. And though Todd Hicks was Pearson's best friend in the whole world, Penelope too was happy that Todd was coming along with them. He was a family friend, really, and any time he was around, life was more fun. As they all wolfed down the last bits of their cereal, Mama Peters issued some instructions. We need to clear the dishes from breakfast and head out to pick up Todd. We need to leave within a half an hour. Pearson rinsed and loaded the breakfast dishes while Penelope wiped down the counters and table, putting the box of cereal into the cabinet and the milk into the fridge. Patience and Priscilla crawled down from their seats and walked upstairs with Mama Peters for one last trip to the potty before heading out. Toilet training had gone well, with only a few now hilarious mishaps. No more accidents, and Mama Peters felt the relief of actually being on the other side of toilet training. However, a long play in the Pinnacles awaited them, and Mama Peters didn't relish the thought of being stuck without a bathroom available on the train. Because they were all going to a play, they all dressed in their Sunday best. Penelope was wearing her black and white check skirt. With her black blouse, black tights, and black ballet flats, She was wearing a wool coat as the weather had turned and would be chilly in the pinnacles. 
Penelope loved dressing up as much as any girl and took special care to smooth her hair in the back. Mama Peters had straightened it, which made Penelope feel so grown up. She was, after all, going on 10 years old, so she was noticing more about her appearance. Penelope tied a ribbon around her head and stared at her image in the mirror. Satisfied with what she saw, she knew she must exercise restraint not to stare admiringly at herself any more than was necessary. Mama Peters often recited a little poem she had made up to remind Penelope the looking glass is made to peek and not to stare at our physique. So keep it short or soon you'll see it's all about me, me, me. It was Mama Peters' way of saying that people ought to be modest and not to think more highly of themselves than they ought to think. That verse from Romans 12:3 had been shared in the Peters' home more times than one could count. But that little ditty constantly ran through Penelope's mind when she looked into the mirror and felt the pull of her desire to linger just a bit longer in front of her reflection. Pearson was sharply dressed too, but he couldn't have cared less. He wore his white button-down and a pair of khaki slacks. However, Pearson didn't look in the mirror even once. Until Mama Peters told him he had toothpaste residue around his mouth, Penelope giggled (laughs) as Pearson licked the corners of his mouth until they were toothpaste-free. After everything was gathered and loaded into the car, Penelope buckled Patience in while Pearson buckled Priscilla in. Mama Peters put on her seatbelt and prayed aloud, asking God to keep them safe and to give them a good time. She was less than happy, though, when she had to play referee in a match between Pearson and Penelope about which one of them would get the front seat. Piers, Pen, your arguing is grievous before the Lord. What does the Bible say that causes quarrels among you? I'll give you a hint. It's in the book of James. Mama Peters had given this talk so many times. Uh, it says that our desires cause quarrels among us. Pearson's robotic answer made it clear that his heart wasn't in it, and he seemed unconvinced. Well, you're right, Pearson. You both desire your own way. You both think you have a right to the front seat. Are you putting your needs ahead of others, or is it in the reverse? It's in the reverse, Mama Peters, but Pearson, just because he's the oldest, he always thinks that he's entitled to the front seat. And, and that's just not fair. And I'm old enough to ride in the front, the, ride in the front too. Penelope pleaded her cause, and as was often the case, she stumbled over her words due to her tendency to speak in a rapid-fire way. Well, Pearson, I do think you've become selfish and think that your seniority gives you a right to the front seat. But that isn't right. Mama Peters stopped because she noticed a smug, self-righteous look of satisfaction cross Penelope's face as she looked over at Pearson. But Penelope, you best be careful about getting haughty right here. You're not blameless in this situation. The Bible is explicit in 1 Corinthians 6-7. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded than to go to battle with one another? That verse is talking about Christians who want their own way, who feel they need to pursue their rights. Penelope, it may very well be your turn to ride in the front, but rather than take ownership of any turns, you should view it as a chance to honor the Lord by being unfairly, at least in your eyes, treated, especially when dealing with a family member in order to keep peace. And Romans twelve seventeen and 18 speak to that. It says, Never repay evil for evil to anyone. 
And then it goes on to say in verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. In other words, you have the chance to keep the peace by giving in to Pearson and swallowing your pride and not taking ownership of your turn in the front seat. That is honoring the Lord and keeping peace between you and your brother. So here's the deal. Because neither one of you wanted to give in to each other, and your behavior dishonored the Lord, and you both made a ruckus, neither of you can ride in the front seat. You both must sit in the third row and work this out together, peacefully coming to a resolution and a plan for the future in the front. Pearson and Penelope looked downcast, but obediently crawled into the third row where they allowed their pride to win the moment as they sat in stubborn silence next to one another. As Mama Peters pulled out of the driveway, she kept an eye on Pearson and Penelope in the third row in a rearview mirror. It was obvious that neither one of them wanted to give in, and both of them were sinfully angry. It caused her to feel a bit downhearted, but Mama Peters knew she couldn't control their hearts, so she prayed silently that the Lord would soften them to one another and help them to interact with one another in a way that was humble. Only a few minutes passed before the Lord did just that. Penelope glanced back and forth between Pearson and her hand, thinking that it was maybe time to say something. But Pearson, knowing his role as the older sibling, was to be a good example and lead his siblings rather than cause problems, began speaking slowly. Penelope, you're right. I've been sitting in the front a lot lately. I need to honor you more highly than I have been honoring myself. Would you forgive me for thinking my desires are more important than yours? Pearson looked at his sister. He realized his selfishness and that he'd been self-serving rather than self-sacrificing. Thanks, Pearson. I know. But it's not an excuse for insisting on my own way. I should have spoken to you gently. It wasn't okay that I decided to start an argument with you. Would you forgive me for being rude and harsh and accusing you of being the most selfish person in the whole wide universe? Oh, I misunderstood you, Penelope, Pearson said playfully. I thought you said I was the most selfish person in the whole wide world. I didn't hear you say universe, Pearson laughed. (laughs) Yep, I said universe, Pearson. So would you forgive me? I was being untruthful in my words because I wanted to hurt you in my anger, Penelope confessed, though she had a half-smile on her face at the world versus universe thing. Of course I forgive you, sis. There are times that I probably am the most selfish person in the whole wide universe, but it doesn't matter. What plans should we have for the front seat? Well, maybe we can try to take turns? Like, how about you ride on the fr- uh, in the front seat on the way home today, and, and then I'll ride in the front seat tomorrow? I think it might be a better plan that you ride in the front seat on the way home today, Pen, and I'll ride in the front seat tomorrow. After all, I'm the selfish one, Pearson answered. No, no, Pearson, no, really. No, Pen, I think my plan is better. I've been hogging the front seat lately. Oh, boy. I think I'd better say yes before we start quarreling again, Penelope laughed. (laughs) So a deal was struck. And the two of them hugged and shook hands. They'd both been so focused on figuring things out with one another that they hadn't noticed that the hymn day by day had ended and that Mama Peters had pulled into Todd's driveway. Todd came bounding out to the car before Mama Peters could even turn off the ignition. He whipped open the passenger door and hopped in. 
Whoa! I get frenzies! How'd that happen? Todd yelled back at Pearson and Penelope in the back seats. Well, Penelope stopped, not really knowing what to say. But Pearson rescued her. We're more than happy to give it to you, Todd. Pearson offered no other explanation. Mrs. Hicks had followed Todd out to the car, and after thanking Mama Peters for including Todd in the field trip, she waved goodbye. As they drove down the road together, Todd announced, Mama P, I am so jacked up about this play we're going to. It's going to be, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's going to be, Todd was scrambling for the right word, uh, wicked awesome. Well, I'm not sure I want it to be wicked, Todd. Mama Peters winked at Pearson and Penelope in the rearview mirror. Mama P, you know that's just an expression. It's just, it's another way of me saying it's going to be totally tubular. Because it is. I, I mean, I can't wait to see the, I can't wait to see the flying ball. I mean, boy. Todd's enthusiasm was causing his words to get all tangled up. How in the world are they going to have him fly over in the, fly in the air over the stage? We'll just have to wait and see, Todd. Mama Peters responded. Todd turned around and faced Pearson, Penelope, Patience, and Priscilla, who were sitting in the back seat. Hey, yo, backseaters, any of you stoked for the play, too? Pearson spoke up first. You better know we are. I don't know, Todd. I'm just as excited for the dumplings, Penelope chimed in. Dumplings? Dudette, you gotta slow your roll there. Fill me in on these dumplings, Nellie girl, Todd demanded. Oh, well. There, they, we get dumplings every time we go to the Pinnacles, Todd. We get them in Chinese Town. They're so tasty, Penelope enthusiastically explained. Huh, what are these dumplings made of? I mean, are we talking chicken and dumplings? It was obvious that Todd had never heard of dumplings, or at least the kind that came from Chinese Town. Todd stopped for a moment to mull it over. Well, Dudette, what are the dumplings made of? They're made of fried dough with meat inside, and they're scrumptious, Todd. Don't say another word, Nellie. You had me at fried. Everything, and I mean everything, tastes better fried. Like, you ever had a fried candy bar? Well, I have, at the county fair. I've had fried pickles, too. And if you like pickles, you're gonna find fried pickles are the greatest dream. I mean, you could fry up a sardine, and I guarantee you, you're not gonna look with regret on that decision. Oh, Todd, that's so gross. A sardine? No, I draw the line at that one, Penelope protested. Nellie, don't knock it till you tried it, Dudette. Todd, I'm with Penelope on this one. A fried sardine sounds about as good as a fried shoe. Mama Peters was speaking now. Oh, hey, Mama P. Have you ever actually tasted a fried shoe? Because I promise you, if a fried shoe was the last thing on earth to eat, you'd eat it. Yes, that's probably true, Todd. So thank you for putting things in perspective. And yes, if there was no other food on earth, I would try a fried sardine, Mama Peters teased. After the talk of fried foods and fried shoes had ended, Todd talked on and on and on about a myriad of other things. In fact, he talked all the way to the train station and only stopped when everyone had to get out of the car and pay their train fare. The adventure to the Pinnacles awaited them. This is Grandmom's Corner. Everyone listening to this podcast, no matter how old you are, can relate to wanting your own way 
and fighting about it, just like Pearson and Penelope did. This week, two of my granddaughters, Phoebe, who will be 10 this year, and her sister Chloe, who will be 8 this year, are going to share with you about some of the arguments they've had and what their mom does to encourage them to settle their differences in a biblical manner. They started the chat by talking about the toys over which they argue. In the background, you'll hear noise, which is happy noise, from Phoebe and Chloe's three brothers. Well, sometimes it's Legos and Playmobil or cards. Because sometimes when we want what we want, we're being selfish. The other person also wants it. So we start fighting over that. Phoebe shares what verse their mom, who is my daughter, reminds them of when they're arguing. Consider others more important than yourself. Both my granddaughters explain how they work out their differences and what their mom requires of them. We have to um, work it out and... The selfless one goes it to the other person and go sit and talk and then pray about it. Yeah, we work it out and then we pray to repent our sins. My daughter gives specific instructions to her daughters to go and talk to each other and work it out and most of all to be humble. Chloe describes how that looks to her and Phoebe. One person says, you can have this and I can play with it later. And Phoebe tells how they end the argument. And hugs and apologize to each other. Phoebe and Chloe gave us some great ways to end arguments by thinking of someone as more important than yourself, by giving them the toy and being content to play with it later. This week, my second-born daughter told me a funny story about how she and my oldest daughter, who shared a room growing up, would be in bed probably reading, and when it would be time to go to sleep, they would argue about who had to get up and turn off the light. Sometimes, one of them would get up and angrily turn it off. But sometimes, neither one of them would humble themselves, and they both would act like stubborn mules and refuse to turn it off, so the light would be on all night long. Can you imagine how bad their pride was? that they'd rather sleep with the light on, making it harder to sleep, than to give in? Believe it or not, they were close friends growing up, and they remain close to this day. But pride is odious, and it rears its ugly head at times. So this week, when you're tempted to put yourself first and before others, remember what 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that no one repays another with evil for evil, But always seek what is good for one another and for all people. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with part two of the Peters and Todd Trust God. You won't want to miss it. It's suspenseful and it takes some unexpected twists and turns. Bye for now.